Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Well, good morning, JB Major. I am really excited to have you. This is a different kind of podcast today. We had some technical issues with our Atlanta office, aka Brittany, and we have pivoted. And we have the two fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants people on our team running a podcast by ourselves <laughs> this Dangerous. morning. Good morning. And you're in danger. And just a reminder, this is a clean podcast <laughs> as we go through. <laughs> so thanks so much, Jamie, for making this work for me today. And just in case anybody listening to this hasn't heard previous podcasts with Jamie on them or, or hear us bring up Jamie Jamie is actually a consultant on the team with Brittany and I um, and has been with us for about six months, but has a really robust background in franchising and also outside of franchising. Jamie, if you don't mind, I would love for you to just give us your two-minute drill on, on who you are for people that maybe missed the last podcast that you were on. Well, thanks, Sam. Um, it, it, franchising has been life-changing for me, and that's what's that's what's so fun about what we do and have the opportunity to help other people and change their life. And I tell people all the time, my only regret in franchising is not doing it 10 years earlier. So it's been, a, I mean, it's just been a blast. I, I own two franchises, multi-units of both of them. My wife has been in franchising for many, many years. I went through a whole bunch of consultants before I found Brittany. That's also part of my story and, and how I got here. And ultimately, it's finding going through this process, you don't need to do it alone. You need to find a partner that you can entrust, you can relate to, that you can feel advocated for and by. And ultimately, when you find that trust, then then you have a, a long-term relationship. And that's what I found. That's what I found with Brittany years ago. And uh, that's how I ended up here through the process. That's huge. I think so many people believe because you're adept in certain areas that you should be able to handle some of this stuff yourself or that a lot of things are translatable and and they are a lot of what you learn in corporate America is transferable to these types of searches, et cetera. But I do think having somebody that is really well-versed in the franchise space is valuable, certainly. And, you know, I, I was just talking to my husband and I said, you know, I think I'm, I might want to do another one at some point soon. And he was like, this is because you just paid your taxes. You're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to figure out another write off. We're trying, you know, you, you write that check continually. And then, you know, at the end of the year, you hope you don't have to write more, but it is a great way to mitigate tax liability. Certainly is owning businesses and that's a common theme with our clients, Jamie, is that they're trying to to find a way to pay less into taxes and to take advantage of the tax plans for business owners. Are you hearing a lot of that too? We hear so much of that. So everybody's got a different strategy of what they're looking to do and how and why. And that's part of the process that we bring to the table is, is to help them, to coach them, to work with them through not only short-term goals, long-term goals, but taxes are a constant repetitive topic that comes up. It's such an important aspect and, and tis the season right now too. I mean, so it's, it's forefront for, for me, for you, you and I have had tax conversations. It's, (laughs) we know everyone else is having tax conversations and franchising is such a great avenue and such a great way to mitigate some taxes and create a good, strong tax strategy. Find yourself a good accountant CPA through that. What are you hearing on your end? 
You know, I think that's a big deal as an accountant or a CPA. And Brittany and I have been very open that we've shopped around accountants and CPAs. I think when I advise clients, I always say it depends on the type of business you're in. Um, you know, if we own different types of businesses, you may not want to share a, an accountant with me. You know, personally, Brittany and I had an accountant that was very, very adept. Um, he was a farm accountant. And so, you know, nobody pays less taxes than farmers. Well, probably politicians. <laughs> but besides that, you know, I think they're really great at finding a lot of things using Section 179 benefits, um, which is depreciation of equipment over a certain tonnage allotment, which can be used in a lot of franchise businesses as well. But they're, he was very adept at that. But the nuances of our businesses were a little bit different for him. So we actually ended up moving with consultant, working with CPAs that are adept at working with consultants and businesses that do what we do because we found that they understood the type of tax advantages that we could utilize versus different businesses. So I think that's always the first thing that I talk to clients about is finding somebody that's aligned with the type of business that you decide to go into. And then the second thing that we do is, you know, you and I talk about bookkeepers. I'm not a great receipt keeper. The fact that I have to write everything down or submit receipts, I get your expense reports. Um, I know you're not a great receipt keeper either, either Jamie. And we found a fantastic bookkeeper um, that allows us to just use our credit cards and they prepare reports for us. We refer every single one of our clients there because we get such amazing reports. We can get expenditure reports through them. That's highly beneficial because it allows you as a business owner to do revenue generating activities. And I think the more time you can be spent doing things that actually move the needle in your business as a business owner, the more revenue you're going to have and the better you're going to feel. I totally agree. So, I mean, I tried to take on in my personal businesses, I tried to take on some of the accounting and some of the bookkeeping all on myself at the beginning because I was trying to trying to save money. And it ultimately, it was a really poor decision. And I realized, fortunately, I realized pretty quick that this is something to outsource. 500 bucks a month, $600 a month, whatever the cost was, is very, very minimal. That's uh, uh, super easy to make that up in revenue, which turns down to profit. And to get the books that are accurate, to get to get an accountant, to get a bookkeeper, to find a, it's like finding a consultant to work through the, through franchising with and find the right franchise. It comes down to trust. And when you have the right person that asks the right questions, that understands your needs, your desires, your expectations, that is unique to your own business, that pays dividends for you. And, and there's so many options out there. There's so many nuances of the tax code of, yeah. of, life of uh, ways to mitigate money, ways to make more revenue and ultimately taking and focusing on what you're good at and not worrying about what you're not good at and finding the right vendor and finding the right partner. It, it, it pays dividends. It's all about people, right? Always. It always comes back to the people, I think, in any business. And I agree. I think if you can find somebody that you trust, trust is huge. You know, that's another reason we went with a large bookkeeping firm because there's a lot of checks and balances there. I know a lot of people work with an individual bookkeeper. They feel better there. They feel like they're not just a number. Um, personally, for me, if somebody's managing my money, they have access to our stuff. I want it to be a checks and balances system. I want to see hands-on. I want to have dashboards for my dashboards. I want to know 
who's, you know, who's looking into that and who's managing transactions. So everybody feels differently, probably based on life experience and business experience about the way that they would run those things. And what we tell clients is ultimately it's up to you. That's advice we always give. But my biggest piece of advice is get a strategy in place. You don't want to be on the backside of taxes. You don't want to be just paying at the end of the year, whatever, or at the end of the quarter, whatever you're supposed to pay with zero strategy in place. You're taking a risk being a business owner. It's a risk. And anybody that tells you anything different is a liar. There's many risks in being a business owner, but you shouldn't have to pay the same as somebody who is at a W-2 that has more of a guarantee. And so I think that the reward is often far times greater as well. I totally agree. I mean, there's always risk involved and in, in good things don't come easy. So there's certainly risk involved, but but you and I have both experienced it and the reward far outweighs the risk if you do it right. And then you yeah. have good people that you partner <laughs> with that help mitigate your risk and guide and coach you and steer you and advocate for you and tell you the truth and Again, it's about trust and, and mitigating fear, mitigating uh, mitigating apprehension, anxiety. And, and if, if you go into a decision like this without some level of fear, some level of anxiety, some level of apprehension that isn't sitting in your gut saying, am I making the right decisions? And you're not questioning yourself here. There's probably something wrong that you should have a very, very high level of confidence at the end of the process once you go through all these checks and balances. But ultimately, there is a level of fear that is healthy and, and is is good there. And in fact, you just sat on a panel here recently of some pretty astute people in franchising. Congrats on that. Talk to talk to us about your approach on managing fear and, and how people should approach that and, and navigate through it. Yeah, I, I was really blessed to sit on a panel um, at IFPG talking about fear. And we talked about it a little bit on this podcast. I think all my days and hours and weeks run together at this point. So I'm pretty sure we did, but how much, I don't know. And, you know, somebody on the panel said, fear is false expectations appearing real. And that really hits me. I've heard it a hundred times. But when you really start to think about what that means and what fear is, it boils down to that. Typically, it's the worst case scenario. And, and I tell clients as they're heading into things, if you're not feeling a little bit scared right now, if you're not starting to percolate a little bit in your brain about what could happen, what does this look like, how does this work, you know, either you haven't thought about it enough, you haven't thought about business ownership enough, or you're a sociopath. I can help you walk through <laughs> doing that. I can help you walk through all of the things and really think they're that, you know, one of those things I can help you with. It's normal. It's totally normal. You're making a life-changing decision. You know, it, it is for most people, the second largest or the largest purchase they will ever make in their entire lives. But unlike a home, you're not living in it. You're not, it, you're working in it or you're working on it depending on the client. And so I think it's really important to identify fear and then really think through, what are you scared of? Am I scared of if it doesn't work? Am I scared of taking the leap and, you know, having all of these people depend on me in a, instead of having a job, now all of a sudden I'm running a team that's mine. They, you know, they're depending on me for their livelihoods. What is that like? And, you know, a question that I ask my clients a lot of the time is, what does the worst day in that business look like? What's your worst day? What is it going to be? 
and walk yourself through that. Is that manageable? Can you handle that? Now, what's your worst day in corporate America? Typically, your worst day in corporate America is you get laid off. Something happens. You don't have, you don't have a job to go back to. Nobody can quit you here. So I think you can quit yourself, which is that's scary in and of itself. What does the worst day look like? That's a big one we talk about. And then the other thing I always ask is, how would you feel if X business opened in your neighborhood and you saw the storefront and you, or you saw the vehicles? How would you feel about that? What would And really picture that. One of two things happens. Clients either say, I would be relieved. That's the answer. Then we shouldn't move forward. This is not the business for you or you might not be ready to own a business right now. And that's okay. It's not for everybody or the timing isn't right. Timing's everything. So if you feel relieved or like you want to be a consumer, you want to take your dog to that dog river, but you don't want to be the person that owns that, that's okay. It's okay to take a pause on that then. If you're devastated, if you feel like you've missed something, if you see those vans driving down the road or that store sign with the neon open on it and it doesn't belong to you and you will forever think I missed that opportunity, then that's the answer too. You should move forward. You should go ahead and and take the leap of faith if you feel like that because the worst feeling is regret. I see a lot. That's great. Great points there. I see a lot of clients that they're either motivated by fear or they're motivated by optimism. And (laughs) the example there that you have is somebody that is going to be upset or fear of missing out that they didn't own that own business themselves when they had the opportunity to. That's good motivation. That's good motivation to be successful, to drive forward, to, to go get it. And other people that sometimes are motivated and and they get what I call head trash. They just get all this head yeah. trash and they they fill their mind with really sometimes nonsense that consumes them and they can't see past that. Those people oftentimes aren't set up and emotionally ready to be business owners. They're not ready to manage the down day. They're not ready to manage when they have a key employee that has some sort of a hardship in their life, whether it's divorce or a death or grief or these things happen in business. And you have a key customer that may have some sort of downturn or upturn. But the flip side of that is if the individuals that are that are motivated by optimism, they're motivated by solving problems, they're motivated by the upswing, they're motivated by the potential, and they see that potential and they don't let hurdles and obstacles prohibit them and get in their way, those people crush it. They kill it. They are yes. immensely successful. And all that optimism trickles down to their clients, to their customers, to their family, to themselves. You have to have that internal motivation and to be able to manage that fear to get through that. And I think that's a big part of what we do in our job. You're really good at it, Sam, but that's that's a part of what we do is help people see that optimism, help people see and manage that fear, but yet keep it grounded, keep it realistic. And we're not afraid in our firm, we're not afraid to tell somebody this is not a good fit for you, whether it's the timing, the money, the emotional status, whatever it is. We invest so much emotional capital in our clients for them to be successful going forward. The last thing we want to do is place a client in a business that they're going to fail in six months, a year, two years from now. That's that's not that's not beneficial to the brands. That's not beneficial to the individual. That's not beneficial to us. So our motivation is to is to help identify that fear, help identify that optimism, hone in on it, 
and drive our clients towards success. Ultimately, it's their job to, to, to lace their boots up and get to work and either work in the business or on the business, whatever the situation is. But there's so many ways to mitigate fear and there's so many ways to find the optimism and to drive towards that success. And that's what that's a big piece of what motivates me in this in, in doing this work and owning personal businesses. Everything from the taxes that you talked about earlier is finding ways to see this to see this mountain tax bill that's sitting in front of me, then partner with CPA. And then, you know, she and I love the CPA. I had a CPA before that I wasn't really happy with. And I have a CPA now that I love very expensive, but it's worth every penny. But to go through that mountain of hurdle and that 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 big bill that's sitting in front of me and just work through it. And that motivates me. That that gets me excited to we solve this problem. We're going to move on to the next day, the next quarter, the next month, whatever it is. I think that that's the type of person you want in business because you can't be somebody that folds, right? You can't be somebody that folds. But I think about myself personally through different periods of my life. There were times where I needed to have a W-2. I could not have been a business owner, even if I was trying to do it in tandem. I, I could, don't think I would have been a great business owner at certain points in my life, whether it was personal hardships, whether it was you know being a single mom for a while. I needed that consistency for so long. Different things that you do in your life and different mental states you know, being immature, <laughs> they, you know, you, you think that you're a genius when you're 21. None of us I, were ever immature in our life. Come on. You know, I think it's, there's all these different things, but I think people grow into sometimes and, and being a business owner is very similar to being a parent. You're not going to do it right. Every time you're going to say something, you know, you shouldn't say, you're going to have to apologize to people. You know, I think I, I spend a lot of time apologizing to my son and you know my stepdaughter because I think it's important that they hear people say that they're sorry and that they messed up and that. And yes, for anybody, I am from the Midwest and you can usually only tell when I say I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> that I did that. But I do think it's important that you see that as a business owner, that growth can happen. And just because it wasn't right for you, I mean, I can't count the number of clients, Jamie, I'm sure you can't either, that have had an experience previously and with a consultant or with looking at businesses on their own and decided they shouldn't ever have a franchise because of that experience. And then they've grown or they found, you know, a consultant that suits them better or a business that suits them better. And now all of a sudden it's the right time. Here we go again. And, and I think that's important to remember too, that you, it's not, maybe not you, it may just have been you in 2012, you in 2018, maybe you shouldn't have owned a business then, but now, now might be the right time. What I also love about franchising for people that do face a lot of fear and anxiety of owning a business, and I am a personal testament to this, I looked for years trying to find the right business to buy or start or whatever it is. And ultimately that all led me back to franchising is because you go into business by yourself I'm sorry, you're going to business for yourself, but not by yourself. You have a support system of yes. other franchisees. You have a support system of the franchisor. You have a support system of a very large network. And ultimately, those people are advocating for your success. They're there to help you. They're there to guide, coach, mentor, to share best practices, to share reports, share financials, to help you and your employees, to uh, collaborate on large customers, there's so much that you get being in a network of a franchise 
that you're not going to get owning your own business. And all that mitigates for me personally, that's what mitigates so much of my own fear of owning a business. And I'm a natural optimist. I'm ready to go and can find the positive in most, in most scenarios and frankly, most people, but yeah, being in a franchise in the franchises that I personally own and then the franchises that I've looked at, that's one of the things that I look at is what does the franchise network, the system, the collaboration, the process bring to the table there? And I look at paying a royalty payment. That's an investment. That's that's buying a access to all of these things that if I went independently and did it on my own, I'm not going to have it. And no. that collaboration eliminates a lot of fear for me. It eliminates the anxiety and ultimately yields to success. It's it's the power of franchising. The power of franchising. I love that. I do a lot of times have people that get caught up on that royalty payment. So I'm going to pay this forever. Yes. But they forget to look at the franchisor, if you're in a brick and mortar, they're negotiating the cost of the lease. They're negotiating all of those things, price per square foot for you, tenant improvement allowances, all of that. They are coming prepared with a CRM. They are on the front of all of the trends in the industry, whereas a lot of small businesses sometimes get caught on the backside and that's how that's their downfall. Or you're getting the cost of goods so dialed in because they're negotiating with the rate of 200 franchisees versus the rate of one singular business owner. You're never going to get your cogs that dialed in. And so I think so many people that focus on that lose track of really the big picture, which is this franchisor is allowing you to ROI faster, typically. They're allowing you to step into a system and you don't have to put the mental capital into reinventing the wheel or inventing a wheel in that scenario at all. And so you can focus on revenue generating activities from day one in that business. And I can tell you from having started a non-franchise business, you cannot do that without a system already in place. It is impossible because you're focusing on all the minutiae as you start a regular business. One of the things in franchising that I heard recently is you're buying other people's mistakes. And so you yeah. go in right away with a playbook and best practices. So Sam, what do you recommend somebody who wants to own a business that has the business acumen, they have the capital, they have everything there to be successful in running and owning a business, but yet fear gets in their way. What do you recommend to these people? You know, first of all, talk to people that are people that have been through it. I think a lot of times you get advice and, and I've heard this so many times from people in franchising, but people are taking advice from people that have never owned a business. So the first thing I ask people is, well, who are you talking to about this? Well, you know, my brother, Dave. What does Dave do? Dave's an investment banker. Okay. Dave's an investment banker. So Dave hangs out with other people's money all day. I get it. So <laughs> that's great. Has Dave ever owned a business? No. Okay. Do you have anybody in your family that successfully owned a business? Those are the people you should be speaking to. Those are the people that you want to talk to. So I think being really careful about who you look to for advice, who you share things with. And then I think too, really taking a look at, is this a real fear or is this me blocking future success? And obviously call us, email us, text us, do whatever, reach out on our website. We want to talk to people. We want to 
to have a conversation. And I think so many times people are worried about wasting our time. I'm sure you hear that a lot. I don't want to waste your time. And I would say, let's have a conversation. It's never wasting our time to have a conversation. And if at the end of the conversation or two or three or four or five or six weeks of conversations, you decide that it isn't the right time or franchising just isn't right for you, then at least you know. At least you did the due diligence. At least and you can put that to bed. And so I would say just try it, take a step in and, and do it. And, you know, Jamie, I think we always end our uh, podcasts every week with two questions. And I would just love to throw one of them at you, which is what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? In the context of running a business, it's focus on the behaviors, not the metrics. And what I mean by that is if you focus on the behaviors of individuals, of yourself, of the activities that you do that lead to good metrics, the good metrics will come. If you just focus on metrics, if you just focus on the end result, you're going to get bad behaviors for short-term metrics. So if you focus on the right behaviors all through the process of yourself, of the people around you, of the behaviors of your customers, of your employees, of your vendors, and you reinforce the good behaviors, you'll get sustainable, solid, long-term metrics. And that's something I constantly remind myself of because you always want to go to the end result. You always want to go to get the win. And if you focus on the work that gets the win, right, it's like going to practice instead of just going to the game. If you constantly focus on practice in sports and athletics, then you're going to get the result at the, at the game. And, and so that's what I say is focus on the behavior, not the metric. I really like that one. I, I think that's really interesting. I always go back to something my dad told us and he, um, we were fortunate enough. My dad paid for our college or my parents paid for our college, but he said to me, experience is expensive. Education is cheap. I am happy to cover the cost of your education. What I won't be covering is the cost of your experience. And so when I called my dad after I had spent my second commission check ever on an IS-250, which was a beautiful little white Lexus that I had to have, and I could not pay my rent payment, my dad said to me, who are you trying to impress? Somebody at the stoplight? I said, what? He said, you had to have that car. And he said, I think it's time to go wait tables on the weekends at night when you're done with work because I'm not covering that. This is the experience and it's darn expensive. So figure it out. And that's the best thing he ever did. Now, did I call my mother and my grandmother and try to find a workaround? But he's pretty terrifying as a federal agent. So (laughs) nobody was willing. But I do think about that a lot that, you know, by making the experience so expensive, he definitely he definitely taught a lot of lessons there. So I I think, you know, this is, it's a good place to end it. I hope we did a stream of consciousness podcast today. This is our first time ever. <laughs> not really having a, a playbook or, or having guests. And I'm really excited. It turns out okay. And what I'm going through to, to edit. I don't have to cut out a thousand minutes of it here. <laughs> but. Well, fortunately, when you have a team, a team of people all complement each other. And you and I are more of the fly by the seat of the pants and just make it happen and make things go. While Brittany's very structured, very organized, has everything dialed in, has a script for everything, has systems and a process. That's why she's good at franchising. But uh, 
ultimately, ultimately it is fun to fly by the seat of your pants every now and then. And I always appreciate time with you, Sam. And uh, thanks for, thanks for doing this and, and having me on. Yes. Thank you so much for making this work. And let us know what you think of this one. And maybe our team will do a few more of these if we didn't bore you to death or you didn't shut it off before this minute marker. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.